When the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. My choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you are too in the moment with performance, you won't even have a chance for development because that kid is going to want to quit. That's where you ask yourself as parents, is my kid one of the top 125 players in the country? And that's where you've got to be real with that. Goals are one thing, but they have to be somewhat tangible. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Project podcast. My guest today is the head softball coach from NC State University, the Wolfpack, Jennifer Patrick Swift. Coach Patrick Swift and I talk a ton about youth sports and the current culture. Everything from her experience as a sports parent, from her experience as a D3 athlete, now coaching in the ACC, and her path along the way. Coach also talks about many tips that parents can use to help their kids navigate today's youth sports culture. Coach Patrick Swift, thank you so much for coming on. We're pumped to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to talking with you. You and I are a little bit more connected than a lot of the guests I have on. You're obviously softball, baseball, but we played uh, two of the best Division three programs in the country in North Carolina Wesleyan when I was there in, in Memphis. And you're now coaching at the highest level in college sports, right? Division one a in a, in a in a Power 5 conference. And, and what I want to ask you is a lot of times in youth sports today, there's this big chase, like everything, it starts, and I see it at like seven years old, you know, parents at times, we got to go D1, D1, D1. It's like, you know, I get it, right? That's a should be a great goal. But can you talk a little bit about, you know, this whole D1 or bust mentality from your experience what's the difference is it all about d1 just kind of elaborate there if you don't mind well i think 
the first and most important part of it is, is people and, you know, parents kind of want to overlook is, you know, how good is your kid? Everybody wants to go division one because they think it's the biggest and best, like you said. But, you know, I know for me, when I went division three, I went there because I fell in love with the campus. I fell in love with the coach. I fell in love with everything in addition to softball. Like I knew I was going to play softball somewhere, but I just had that fill in my gut when I went to Methodist. And that's why I picked Methodist. But, you know, I think for me, you know, could I have gone D1? I don't know. When I came out of high school, I I didn't peak really until my junior year in college. So I probably would have sat the bench for at least two or three years at Division One before I even got a chance. And so that's kind of what, like when I'm recruiting, I talk to parents and student athletes about what do you want your college story to look like when you graduate from college and you're telling your kids 10 years later, what do you want your story to say? Does it, you know, is it more important to you that I went to this big name school and, you know, flashing lights and having fun on football games on Saturday, but I sat the bench my first two years, um, or I was a role player, or is it, man, like I went to a school, I loved it, it was Division Three. it was a smaller school, you know, I was close to everybody on the different teams and, you know, professors knew my name and I played for four years and we were a regional championship team and, you know, I think it's just... You're right. I think people have gotten lost in, in what the hype that they think, and that's the keyword, they think that D1 is all about, but it's all about the experience, and you can have that experience at any level. You just got me fired up because you said something, and it was beautiful right in the beginning when you said, everyone wants to go D1, but how good is my child? So I think as a parent, and you have children as well, I'd like to think I'm subjective that, I, that I, I'm not like this, but who knows, right? I mean, it's easy to put blinders on, right? Yeah. I think it's important. Now, I believe in my heart, because my two older boys are athletes, I can kind of gauge, you know, what their skill set is. But regardless, I don't think people quite understand the levels of Division One and the levels of Division Two, levels of Division Three, and how good you have to be to play at a Power Five conference. Like, and I know there are mid-major D1 schools that can beat some lower Power Five in, in certain sports. And baseball is one of those deals where if you have a Softball, I'm sure, is the same. A good pitcher at a Division three can pound out a Division one school any day of the week. A pitcher can make a big difference. But how good do you have to be to play at NC State? I mean, not everyone can play there. Yeah, and I think, again, that's with looking at the program. I think, you know, two years ago before we had the job and, you know, they weren't necessarily at the top of the conference. They were quite honestly at the bottom. And I think if you even look across power five programs, if you look at like the bottom third or bottom quarter of the conference, you know, your top mid-major D1 schools are going to win those games all day. I mean, we came from St. Francis where we were posting 41 seasons and we were playing 15, 20 power five games a year and we were beating those teams. Now, as we went into the regionals, that's where you really get exploited. If you don't, like you said, if you don't have a top 10, top 15, type pitcher in the country um it, it, it's pretty hard to win those games and we felt like we took it as far as we could at st francis but i mean if you're playing let's say the top 25 and you're one of those people you know starting you got to figure 25 teams there's you know 9 10 depending on pitcher hitter pitcher straight pitcher what um i mean do the math that's not a lot of people so if and again like that's where you ask yourself as parents is my kid 
one of the top 125 players in the country. And that's where you, you've got to be real with that. Goals are one thing, but they have to be somewhat tangible. You know, if your kid is having problems starting in high school, then I think that you got to be realistic. Well, are they going to be a starter on a top 25 team? Probably not. So tell me this. I hear this a lot, and then we'll kind of shift gears here. But And I mean, I hear it. I hear it a lot coach my 10 year old's getting recruited already you know my eight-year-old they're getting looks and i'm going what like what that's what it's turned into like come on are, are you and I'm, I'm not i know it's funny to laugh at but a lot of times these individual rankings you know and i don't want to pick on any companies or anything i get it but these individual rankings like seven eight nine i'm the best eight-year-old in the country or top 10 are, are college coaches out recruiting little league games are they talking to you know are they going to machine pitch games to scout talent I absolutely am not and will not ever do that. Um, you know, I think like in my 16 years of coaching, there's probably been like two or three times where, you know, our camps generally were like eighth grade to 12th and um, you'd have a sixth or seventh grader that would come in and that you would just be like, she's just athletic. She's just, God bless her with athletic genes. And there were times where that seventh grader was had a prettier sling than the 10th and 11th graders. So, I mean, obviously you try and keep getting them to come to camp because you don't know that kid might have peaks right there but you know she might eventually be really good so that's like the only time that I'm ever looking at kids that young and that's just because they're on my campus for camp and it's fun to see you know the majority of kids you know aren't that great at that age so when you have somebody that is it's just fun to interact with them and see them but no I mean unfortunately you know the last two or three years um a lot of the the rules that have come out within softball specifically um I don't agree with because I like to build relationships with kids and with families and so for me now trying to build a program that was at the bottom of the ACC and trying to get it to a top 25 program with recruiting only being Saturdays and Sundays and for a couple of weeks in the fall. And, and now we can't talk to them and, you know, until their junior year and um, where we could do it before if they were on campus, things like that to let them know we were interested in recruiting. Now it's to the point where I can't build those relationships with kids anymore. But I wasn't one of the people out recruiting fifth, sixth, seventh graders. And so unfortunately, I think a lot of those rules were made because of the four or five programs that might have been doing that. But at the end of the day, if I can tell you, like, it's not happening here. It's not happening with my kids. And, and to be honest, you know, it shouldn't be happening anywhere because kids have to be kids. Like, that's a huge chunk of your life that you won't get back. And parents need to realize that at the time. And kids aren't going to realize that at the time. And it just, you've got to, as a parent and speaking as one, you cannot live through your kids. And and I see that a lot, you know, um, it, it's awesome to have kids. If you have them, that they're that talented, that young, that's amazing. And like I said, God gifted them with that. And hopefully they go on to use that, but you have got to stay humble and you've got to stay grounded. And your first and foremost is to be mom or be dad and raise that child. Um, and then as they get older and, and get to that point in their life when they're in high school to think about those things. But I, I, I see it a lot where it's parents living through kids and that's just, you know, it, it's a hard conversation for someone to have, but somebody needs to have that with those parents. Um, but it's not going to be me. <laughs> you know, it's easy to get sucked into it. There was a time now, I, I, I would say it's probably about a year or so, maybe two years where I was like, I don't want to say living through my kid, but I had those car rides 
you know, where I'm, I'm in the, my kids in the back seat and I'm breaking down his at bats when he's eight years old, you know, seven years old. And he's trying to eat an Italian ice or a hot dog. And I'm sitting there, <laughs> you know, I remember one time it breaks my heart. I told him I was disappointed in him because he, he made an error and maybe struck out. And, I'm, and now I look back and I'm like, God, bleep, what an idiot I was, you know, like all they're supposed to do is you tell him you love him and you love to watch him play. It's so much fun to watch him no matter how they perform. And, and I think it comes back to there's too much focus, I believe, and I would love for you to go into this a little bit on short-term performance versus, you know, long-term development. How important is it to focus on the development of the human being as opposed to just, well, you were 0 for 3 today or you swam the fastest time or you got two goals? Performance versus development. Well, to be honest, I think that if you are too in the moment with performance, you won't even have a chance for development because that kid is going to want to quit. And so if you want them to develop and continue to love it and want to say, hey, let's go play catch in the backyard or hey, let's go hit a little bit, you have got to control yourself when it comes to performance in the moment. And I know for me, it was really hard for me. I'm not a natural athlete. It's funny, like I say, if you put me on any other court or field or um, bowling alley anything like that you would never believe I was a division one coach ever I was a dancer and a cheerleader my whole life but softball I loved and I wanted to be really good at it it didn't come naturally to me and I had to work so for me when I look at my kids um you know, my oldest one is a lot like me and I want it so bad to come. I want it for her to come easy and it doesn't only because I know how how hard I had to work even to get okay at the sport. And so for me, I find myself being like frustrated that, gosh, like I just wish I would have gave her better genes. You know, I wish it just came easier to her or something like that. So I just have to constantly tell myself, like, let her have fun. She's got to have fun or she's never going to want to pick up that ball and pick up that bat. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where there won't be development in the future because that kid will walk away. I've seen it so many times. I've seen it as I was growing up with my my friends and kids I played with. And I see it every year on the recruiting trail. And most times it's it's a stud. It's a stud that walks away because they've been pushed too hard for so long that there is no enjoyment out of it. So that's where I think you've got to enjoy the day to day. And if they go 0 for 3, you've got to find a way to find a positive in it. Like you busted so hard out of the box on that one, you know, and I'm not one to give like false praises and things like that. But again, if you're dealing with a 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 year old, you absolutely have to do that. Like you want to get them excited and they're just trying to please mom and dad at that point, right or wrong. So if they get excited and you get excited, that's what it's about. And then if you can continue that relationship as you get older and they get older, then you have the chance to develop when their body can physically do that. That's Jennifer Patrick Swift, head softball coach, NC State Wolfpack. When we come back, Coach Patrick Swift and I will discuss adversity, how data and metrics affect youth sports, and her advice for those hoping to be recruited by the Wolfpack. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, 
Delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style, the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. Welcome back to the Reform Sports Project Podcast. I'm Nick Bonacore, and today we have Jennifer Patrick Swift, head coach of the NC State softball team. Where we left off, Jennifer and I were about to dive into the effects adversity has on developing athletes, how and when coaches should utilize data and measurement tools, and what she looks for in new recruits. One thing that comes up a lot is adversity, right? And and you hear it all the time. I remember when I was coaching, people who never played the game were like, why is my kid in the outfield? And I'm sitting here going, what? Like, I couldn't understand that at first. Like, what do you mean your kid's in the outfield? What does that mean? Is that a, what do you think? It's a downgrade? Like, I don't understand. Number one, I don't want to put everyone in the infield because at those ages, some kids can get hurt. But what ends up happening is if you got two fairly good athletes who want to play shortstop, a dad will or a mom, whatever, will take their kid off their team and they'll start their own. And you hear it all the time. Let's create the path for our kid instead of getting our kid ready for the path. From your experience, and we're talking about a little bit older here, getting into middle school and high school, how important is it for us as parents to let our kids fail and to face adversity and learn how to overcome it? It's extremely important. I got about half my doctorate done in psychology because after I got my other degrees, I wanted to be able to, most importantly, help the mental side of my athletes, help them reach their potential as individuals so that collectively our team could reach our highest potential. But within that, there were so many things that I've taken that I now apply in recruiting. And a lot of that is I'm going to be diving into that recruit's path. 
tell me where did you play for how long what positions did you play when you started playing you know and if there is a you know I played on this team and this team where I'm recruiting a kid in ninth grade and by the time they're a junior they've played on three different teams and again there's exceptions here and there um it's not a hard fast statement but there's there's a reason for that one is it the parents two is it the kids I try and do a good job of getting to know the kids because sometimes you have parents that are a little bit more involved maybe than they should be. We'll say that word. How important is it for the kids to speak for themselves? Is that what you're talking about? Well, I mean, just involved with everything. Maybe the kid didn't want to leave the team, but the parents did. The parents wanted them to have, like you said, to create that path. And so, like, there are times where, you know, parents have one personality and the kid is completely different. Those ones are few and far between because most of the time the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So, again, like, when I'm recruiting, obviously people are like, what do you always look for? Number one, you got to be able to play. People don't talk about that either. Like, you can be a great person, you know, and we look for that too. Great person, great teammate. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to get to Oklahoma City and win a national championship. You've got to be able to play. But two, you have to be a good person. You have to be a good teammate and all of those things too. But that path to how you got where you are is going to determine where are you going to go? Like, where are you going? Are you done going there? Are you going to go further when you're away from your parents? Are your parents going to almost hold you back because it's a continual problem with involvement, you know? Tell me this. You know, there's a data-heavy component now to baseball and softball and, and other sports, and I'm learning a lot more about them. You know, your spin rates, your your exit velos, your, your launch angles and all that. And I get the purpose for those things. How important, though, is that at the youth level? I'm talking 12U. I think the most important thing is for the the coaches that are coaching those teams to know what the heck they're talking about. And I don't think there should be sensors on bats. I don't think there should be sensors on balls. When you're talking about 12 under, 10 under, like those are development. Those coaches just need to make sure that can this hitter move properly as in, you know, can they hit a ball and drive through a ball and, you know, have a decent swing and can they field a ball out in front and move with the right footsteps and, you know, throw the ball and play catch like that is the level where that needs to happen it's you're right this is trickling down the data is amazing I use it every day in my job but that shouldn't be happening at those levels and as data comes out and the amazing science and technology behind what we have at our level continues to grow I already see it taking away from just teach them how to play catch, teach them how to make contact, teach them how to hit a ball. You know, like if as a coach, if I'm a 12U coach and I love that stuff, then that's my passion. That's my hobby for me to learn in the background. And that's honestly what I do and how I use it. I'm dealing with, you know, really good athletes, but most of the technology I'm using behind the scenes, I'm analyzing, I'm interpreting that data. And then I'm just saying, you know, going out to one of the players and saying, hey, we need to swing the bat a little bit faster today. We need to get after it more. I want you to try and run it out a little bit more, knowing that the last three or four days, you know, that their exit velo has been down. But I'm not going to go up to them and say that right away, you know? So I just think that 
especially at that level, I don't think there needs to be any part of it at that level. Because again, if you're doing it at that level, it's because you're trying to get a number probably to push a kid to try and recruit a kid. So that shouldn't be happening in my opinion either. So none of that matters. All that matters is can they hit a ball? Can they play catch? You know, let's focus on that and let the minute details development get get to the point where one, if that's where your kid wants to go and that down that path, they can do that maybe on their own if they want to specialize when they get in high school on some things and obviously in college too, but they're not ready for the minute details. Like and, and, and it's just too overwhelming for them mentally as well. Let's pretend there's 100 young ladies, softball players that are freshmen in high school, sophomores, and I said, want to come play for the Wolfpack. 30-second piece of advice you'd give them. The big thing is keep your grades up. Um, work hard, and work hard because you want to, not because you have to. And challenge yourself every day when you get up, when you think, I get to go to school, I get to go to practice, I get to go play today. Um, you, you don't have to do any of that stuff. You know, you're blessed to be able to do that. And the challenge needs to be, what do you want to do with that? Do you want to play at the highest level? And then where is your skill set, comparatively speaking? If you want to play college softball, you can find a place for you. And what does that look like? And if it's not at NC State and the Wolfpack, we'll be honest with you. But we also have a lot of contacts at all levels where, you know, I might send you to, hey, check out Methodist. It's a great program. It's the same coach there. Um, you know, and it's one of those things where it's, sometimes it's tough. You got to be real. But at the same time, I would rather see a player play for four years and have a great experience if it's not at NC State to do it somewhere than for them to come and sit the bench at NC State just because their talent level isn't quite where it needs to be for us. That's Jennifer Patrick Swift head softball coach at NC State University. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacore, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. For updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website by searching for the Reform Sports Project. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.